Phoenix Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Ah, yes, that would be me. Happy New Year, everybody. 11 o'clock hour on a Tuesday. Sometimes me and my friend, influencer in Milwaukee, photographer, vlogger. We can explain what that means. Video video blog, basically. Your mic's not on. Let's get his mic going there. Say something. Testing. There we go. Boom. Sibilance. Unique ah, New York. It's a new year. The aardvark had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> Everything is up for grabs. Uh, and, and all around technology guy, because I, I always go to you when I have a technology question. So we're going to talk about a, a wide-ranging list of topics. Boy, we are. Yes. And, I, I blew up your text last night. <laughs> yeah, you were you were hitting me pretty hard. You had a lot of things on your mind, because I'm thinking maybe we have to have you every week, because you, you, you pile them up on Sure. And it's not just the days you're on. Even the days you're not on, you're like throwing stuff there's, out. Hey, there's a lot of interesting stuff going out on there. In the, do you ever think about hosting your own radio show is my question. Uh, I mean, I did, I did nights a few years ago for yeah. like a year or something like that. And did like you enjoy that. that process? I did. It is difficult. I think one of the things the public doesn't understand, especially if you do a show where like you don't have a guest. Ha- having a guest is, is easy and, and bouncing you know topics off each other. When you have to... Just sit there by yourself and, you know, get inside po- your own pontificate brain. and go on little diatribes and try and entertain the audience just by yourself. It's hard. It's a tough skill set. That's where, and I've, you know, not to get too inside baseball, that is where the audience learns what you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun part of it mm-hmm. for me. And the, I think the other challenging thing and one of the best skill sets I've learned from, especially doing the radio, is you develop this this skill and you, you're able to have an opinion and talk about things not only that you know about, that you know nothing about, right on the fly, in real time, on the air. And that, that's a tough thing to do and not have just a bunch of silence if a, if a, a caller says something and you're like, ugh. I will take issue with on the guest thing. Having guests on, yeah, that just any guest is easy. Yeah. If you really want to make good radio, and I, that's always my goal and should be everybody's goal if they're involved in this profession, subject matter experts, finding them, mm. cultivating them with the right questions, that's the, the challenge mm. and the opportunity for anybody who wants to do this. And that's the fun part of it, again, for me. Sure. Um, there are a lot of really smart people out there who never, until they're asked, Get the opportunity to share their wisdom, right? And, and so, a lot of times you don't I even know what your what wisdom you have to offer. And I mean, you know, I tell people a lot. I'm so thankful for everything that you've taught me on how to just be on the mic, and that's translated to my podcast. It's translated yeah. to speaking engagements. It's translated to just hanging out with with other people, interviewing friends and family, and really listening to what's going on in people's lives rather than just waiting for my turn to talk. Yeah, and, and for people who don't know Martin, and he's been on the show for a couple of years now, at least because uh, he was at a with yeah, us since at Radio before, City. I think twenty. 19 or has it been that long? 18? Wow. I mean, it was before COVID. It was, it was at least a year before COVID. That's right. Yeah. So it's been, yeah. I think this is my, will be my fifth ish year. Where does the time go? I don't know. The, the whole 2020 to like, even now is just, it's condensed into one year. So I was born in 1980. Boy, we are getting just, we're just, hey, you know what? We're going to take this wherever, wherever we go. <laughs> I was born in 1980. I habitually forget that 2000 to 2010 was. Like its own little decade. I think anything in the last ten years, or back then, nine eleven was ten years ago to me. Yeah. Uh, the Matrix came out; that, that was ten years ago to me. I can't forget that that is so far removed from where we are in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's like the acceleration of events, right? I think because we're so connected, mm-hmm. there's just constant churn of events, and it's just a wheel is just spinning. Yeah, that's the crazy it, part. It's hard to it's hard to it's hard to 
create mental timelines for for everything that happens on a minute to minute basis. So we're gonna we're gonna challenge all of you with a couple questions here. And if you listen to the last half hour of the ten o'clock hour, I was talking about um, safety, snow, roadways. So this is sort of a sort of a weak segue, self admitting, um, <laughs> to a question that I has been on my mind. I've had it on my list for a while now. This year, twenty twenty four. The rules have changed for young drivers. Hmm. What am I talking about? Well, because of the pandemic, they eliminated something that all of us who are older went through. Remember the panic of your first road test? I took mine on Christmas Eve. Really? Christmas Eve. I lost one point. It was a snowstorm. I lost one point because I parked too I parallel parked. Couldn't see the curb and parked too far away. But you passed. Oh, God, yeah. I flunked my first one. I don't even know why I flunked. Really? Yes. I don't know. I have no idea. It wasn't specific. He goes, ah, I just didn't get the sense you were comfortable. Where's the list of mistakes that I made? Right, right. Yeah. So I passed the next time, and the rest is history. But now in Wisconsin, which is where we're located, kids have to take a road test like they did pre-pandemic. It was waived in May of 2020, mm-hmm. the, the heart of the pandemic, right? When things were going and, and we didn't know what was happening. You can't have kids in a vehicle. So then the parents would have to do that training with their child and then essentially sign off. Yeah. Well, that's changed back to the old way. 855-616-1620. Do we think the old way is better? Because there's some evidence that there was really no impact, Martin. Yep. Which on, I found on roadway safety. Which I found shocking because I remember I had no clue. Believe it or not, I've been driving for like twenty something years. My cousin's kid got his license, and they, you know, we were hanging out with them, and they were talking about it, and they're like, "Yeah, we we just signed off. You didn't have to take a driver's test or anything." And I like I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that like. That was something that was still a thing. Okay, sure, maybe during like the height of the pandemic it made sense, but this was only like last summer or last spring, and I was just like, I'm going to set aside the safety question, even though I'm I'm concerned about it, and I'm all because I I've made the point over and over again. The roadways are dangerous in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's not a coincidence that you see all these ads for attorneys. Mm-hmm. That's right. not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that every truck driver has on the show when I ask him the safety question, he goes, Yeah, things have gotten worse. Not a coincidence. But just on its face, if you have all the rest of us who are dealing with a new driver, I feel more comfortable if a individual or individuals who's not related to that driver has assessed their driving skills in the form of a road test. That's just me. Where are you at on this? I don't know. I struggle because it's like... We always have this conversation about, you know, who the parents should, should be the ones that are in charge of teaching our kids this and, and assessing everything that they do. And let's not get the government involved in our, in our family lives. But at the same time, I don't know. Milwaukee is a dangerous place. And I think parents can be very forgiving uh, with their own kids and, and maybe see better in them than what they actually are portraying. And I agree. I think I really think that there there should be some sort of of state test because there's that pressure you know your parents and of course you feel the pressure from your parents but when you have someone you don't know who could maybe be intimidating a teacher or something like that watching you that that's a pressure that i don't know that you truly get from a parent or an adult that's trying to teach you how to drive and yeah. I, I think it's necessary and my reality was we actually had classes in school yeah i did too and in the summer you could take them and uh, a lot of those people do they not were, have that anymore some do some don't okay now there's a lot of the we've seen the rise of these the private companies who are, are obviously training our young people i see them they drive in my neighborhood all the time sure. and yeah. what are the qualifications for that 
I'm sure there's some training. I don't even know. I don't know. Like, could you and I just after the radio show be like, hey, let's go grab a coffee quick and just get our DOT DMV? Let's put it this way. I don't know the answer to the question, but I hope it's not that easy. Right. What do you think? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. I am glad, happy that they're going back to the old way. Mm -hmm. I think a road test is the minimum we should require. I think parents should still be involved, obviously. And I would, I would argue that the wink, wink, nod, nod part of what's happened since 2022 now, those two and a half years, is that parents weren't doing the hours that they were supposed to, and they were essentially just doing mm-hmm. a couple and then signing off. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong on that? If you're a parent out there, let's answer that question. We'll take a break here. Martin Moore, yours truly, WTMJ Now. Martin Moore on this Tuesday. Happy New Year, everybody. So we're talking about this this sort of reestablishment of an old rule, right? Road mm-hmm. tests now required for young people getting their license. Actually, anybody's getting their license for the first no, I time. I think it's only 16 to 18. Is that what it is? I could be wrong, but I, I might have missed that. I, I might swear that it one. said 16 to 18. Yes, Wisconsinites under 18. Yes, you are correct. I missed that one. Tom from Hartford starts the conversation. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Steve. Yes. Yeah, I, I was telling your producer, I passed my road test. In December 26, 1956, downtown at by the Industrial Commission, where they used to have the test, now they got them all over. And uh, I went through the test, and when I parallel parked, when I was uh, done with the test, I bumped the curb. And uh, <laughs> yeah, our guy said, don't worry about that. You already passed your test. So you were a curb so bumper, but you still passed. I passed. There you go. And I think 16... 16 years old, they should have to take a road test. I do, too. Thanks for the call, Tom. Have you ever seen a 16-year-old behind the wheel? It's a weird thing. I've seen young drivers. It is. I look at it, and I go, boy, they never should have given me a license at that age. It's disconcerting sometimes because they're, and again, this is a blanket, like little, yeah, little exactly. tiny hands. They're, they're kids. <laughs> and they're, it's just like they're behind a massive three, four, five thousand 5,000-pound truck or automobile or SUV. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be a great driver no. to get your license. You can be a fantastic driver. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been but lucky. boy, it still looks weird. I've never had an accident in my how many years? Are you driving? serious? Yes. I've had three. One when I was 16, uh, another one when I was maybe like in my early 20s, and then uh, one outside of Bayshore a few I kind of wish ago. I wish just wouldn't have said that out loud, though, because now I'm like jinxing myself. <laughs> right. Right. But you know, I try to be a thoughtful, you know, careful driver. I follow the rules. I use my turn signal, all sure. that stuff. But for young people, I think to have that road test, again, it's an, it's an extra set of eyes. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff from Brookfield joins us. Hey, Jeff. Hi, hi Steve. Um, yeah, that uh, when they banned the uh, road test or took it off, uh, my granddaughter was scheduled that day to have her road test. Wow. You know, her 16th birthday, big deal. So she had to wait about two months before they finally sorted everything out uh, to get it. But... My main point is I had five kids. Uh, I got six grandkids, four of which are driving. Um, I don't think the road test correlated. Them passing a road test like on the first time correlated to what kind of drivers they are. Mm. Make the argument <laughs> for me. Make you. the arg- argument for me, well, Jeff. Why do you think well, that is? I have, uh, well, I have a son who passed his first road test. I have four daughters and one son. Uh, in the next two years, he was in four accidents. Oof. Wow. Uh, pure stupidity. Um, I had uh, a daughter who passed the first time, and she's a good driver, but she's a fast driver. I have my best one is a daughter who flunked the first time and passed the second. She puts on about 
oh, I don't know, 40,000 miles a year, and she has had no accidents, no incidents or anything. All right. So meaningless. Um, Test is so, meaningless. And then I have the grand the grandkids are uh, the granddaughter that took, she's, uh, she got one speeding ticket, you know, dumb thing, going back for Madison, and oh, yeah. she was going 75, and, you know, but she was very courteous to the cops and everything. But uh, so no correlation, is, no Carol, no correlation, no correlation. No, the the brother's an excellent driver, hmm. um, and the other two boys are from up north. Hell, they were <laughs> they were driving any <laughs> anything that moved on the on the uh, land that came in. Oh yeah, so they were. They were ready right away. Thanks for the call, Jeff. I mean, a lot of life experience there. Oh, for sure. I don't think there's a there's a one way or another that's no. perfect. No. Because, again, I see the ads on TV. There's a lot of people having accidents, right? right? And um, almost everyone has had or been involved in some situation where you could have lost your life. Agreed. You know? So it's do, dangerous. Do you think there are more distractions nowadays? Yes. Somebody raised this point. Because back in the day, we had eight, we'd pop an eight track in, put yeah. a tape in, shuffle through your CDs on your visor. So it's not like there wasn't distractions back in the day going on your iPod. I had a caller on, I think it was on Friday, maybe it was Thursday last week, truck driver. He goes, one of the things I notice, everyone has the, the display screens in their vehicles now. Mm-hmm. He goes, some of these things are big as TV screens. You, you ever been in a Tesla? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not like there's not a, a distraction that's right to right. your immediate right when you're driving in, in Wisconsin or in the United States. Right. It's right there all the time. Then you throw in, this is the one that drives me nuts, the pets. Yeah. Oh, my. There's pets in the lap of the driver. Right. That should be against the law, and if it's not, it should be. I, I once saw a woman uh, eating spaghetti while she was driving. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. <laughs> but, I, I mean. I, you really got to want spaghetti. I think really, fo- as far as kids, you know, rethinking about this and, and them driving and having to take a test, I feel like teaching them about the distractions and figuring out how we can minimize those distractions is probably more advantageous and important than some arbitrary, you know, 15-minute test or however long it is that we that we force them to take that obviously from some of the callers seems to not make any sort of <laughs> any difference or be some sort of validation that, oh, this person is going to be a good driver. They're never going to get a ticket or never speed. or I can tell you the, the text line is all over the place. I'm going to read some of those. i got some calls yes. as well. I, I, here, look, my point is this. <laughs> I like the extra set of eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's absolute universal. That means you're going to be a great driver. Matter of fact, someone's making the point on the text line that, you know, if you don't pass your first one, you pay a little more attention the second time. So mm. maybe that makes you a better driver. It, it it did for me, but that's just one person. Right. All right, we'll take a break here. Martin Moore, Steve, WTMJ Now. Steve and Martin Moore on this Tuesday. Happy New Year, everybody. We're talking about the, the return to road tests for young people, 16, 18 in Wisconsin. I actually think... Any age, if you've never had a driver's license, you should take the road test. Yeah, because it's only 16 to 18. How, how, so if I'm 23 years old and I've never t- driven a car before, I don't, I don't have to take a test? Uh, let's A couple of texts quickly, then we got a bunch of phone calls as well. I'm like Steve, zero accidents in my 45-year driving career, and I took my road test in a car with stick shift and crank windows that the examiner made me roll up and down and use <laughs> for signal, use hand signals. That was a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Passed his first time. Nice job there. Um, I tested back in 1969, Lynn and Waukesha. Uh, let's see. Most students, I taught driver ed for 43 years. This is a good one from 9 2. Hmm. In the last few years, students still could do the road test. Most students opted out. So that's some real, real time information there. When the student finished driver training with me, I always strongly advised each student to do the road test. The nice thing that has changed for today's student drivers is that the student now can get their temporary license at the age of 15 
instead of 15 and a half. That allows the student more time practicing with their parent. Thanks to the uh, John for that information. Interesting. That's, a, that's actually a, a nice change. Yes. I, I welcome that. Yeah, that, that's actually a more time practicing. Right. Real quick before I go to the phones, best tip I could offer parents who are teaching their kids, I did this with my daughters. I happen to live by a school, high school, with a big parking lot. When the parking lot was empty, we would go and practice uh, pulling into uh, spaces, backing out, driving backwards, like down a driveway for yes. like 50 feet to 100 feet. That's a skill that you don't necessarily think about when you're teaching your kids how to drive. Right. You're kind of on the road. I can drive backwards so well after yes. working on cars for or you, 20 years. You made this point during the break. If you have a, 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 an area like that and it's snowing, yep. maybe having them slam on the brakes yep. in an empty parking lot to get to see what that feels like, you know, turning into the... Mm-hmm. Feeling into the, what ABS feels like. Yes. And All good tips. All any right. lock brakes for anybody that doesn't know what that term is. <laughs> As somebody who knows, because you were a car, car mechanic for how many years? 20 years. That still blows me away, because you don't look that old. God bless you. Phil from Plymouth joins the conversation. Hey, Phil. Hey, how are you today? Good, good. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year to you. I was, uh, I never, I didn't take my driver's test till I was 18, and I did not have driver's ed back then either. But uh, when I did take my test, there was the first snowfall of the year, and there was four inches of snow on the ground. And the guy, the driver instructor was incredibly pleased that I did not hit anybody. And I avoided people hitting me. So he just passed me because of that. It was, I love it. it. Was well done. Wild day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And, but without, without driver's ed, I have not had any accidents either. But I'm very pleased, though, that the driver's test is definitely coming back yeah thanks for the call phil and, uh, and a lot of drivers like me haven't had these accidents so i hope you guys pay minimal to very little uh car insurance yeah it's low because you know that's you get your car banged up it's not cheap anymore no. i mean obviously your car yeah. i mean everything's a thousand dollars or up. oh minimum thousand dollars yeah, yeah, yeah back in 1980 maybe <laughs> like one panel on a truck is like you know two grand yeah. or five or five grand depending on yeah. which, which panel you, you, you knock out Tom from Beaver Dam. Hey, Tom. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey. Uh, I just have an unscientific observation. We love those. That I noticed when my son and my son and his uh, friends were growing up that if they had hunter safety, you know, where they learn how to handle guns when they're 12 and 13 years old. Yeah, I did that. Yep, that me that too. That carries over that they have a dangerous weapon in their hands when they're behind the wheel. Interesting, interesting connection there. More, I agree. Um, you know, they they don't they don't think so much about you know they they know what they got, what they're behind, and what they're responsible for. Uh, thanks for the call, Tom. I di- I didn't make that connection, but I I, I get what he's saying. It gives you a little bit more respect because I mean I took hunter safety and it, it gave me respect for you yeah. know what firearms can do. The and dangerousness same, of the weapon yeah, you're holding and, in your hands. And so, same thing with like you know when I was uh, had an instructor in high school for learning yeah. to drive and taking the test. You know you you have someone of authority watching over you and judging you and you know seeing if you're if you're making mistakes and ultimately giving you a pass or fail on if you are capable of using whatever a firearm or the car or, or whatever it is now a lot of texters reminding me that just because i haven't been in an accident or some of our other texters haven't been it's not often it's not often just not what you're doing it's what other people do because you mm-hmm. can't protect yourself from an, uh, something that somebody else does exactly they could you know run through a red light yeah now being diligent when you're drive I, I used to work on capitol drive in milwaukee oh yeah i can tell you at least 
four or five occasions where someone ran a red light that only the reason I didn't get T-bone is because I was paying attention. Absolutely. I wish I could look at my brain. So I basically, anytime I'm driving, I know what every car, eight to ten behind me and in front of me, is doing. I know if there's a, a, a crazy driver. Like, I would love to see my brain. It's probably like a little computer with all the neurons fi- firing off. I know what every car is doing. I'm When I go through intersections, I'm watching left and right to make sure no one's going to run them. That's why I get That's so mad. That you... Yeah, I mean, one of the things I started doing is I, I put my phone face down in, mm. the, in the seat next to me, and I don't look at it while I'm driving. But I, I drive past people all the time who... Steve, you know, but what do you do in traffic jams, then? <laughs> I listen to the radio. <laughs> I love this comment because this is kind of the funny side of this. This is from the 608 area code. During my driving test, it seemed like we were going straight for a long time. So I glanced at the tester. He was asleep. Shut up. Instant pass. <laughs> I love that text. Thanks for, thanks for that. How do I get that job? Yes. Um, from the 414, good drivers do get in accidents, but untrained and untested drivers don't even know nor do they care to follow the rules of the road. There is value to training and testing drivers. Bigger problem is not enough police out there keeping roads safe. Yeah, because there's undermanned, underwoman forces, mm-hmm. sheriffs, police, who don't have the resources now to to do even more on the roadways. And right. we've, we've seen the byproduct of that. Absolutely. Dangerous, dangerous roadways. All right, we're going to shift gears. Thanks for all the texts and the phone calls as well. Martin Moore, Steve Scafidi on this Tuesday. And one one more thing. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shift completely to a different topic, movies. Mm. Not that movies are dead because there's a big box box office oh, yeah. here in in 2023. Oh yeah, the kinds of movies. You had an interesting thought about this. I didn't really think about it. We'll de- we'll debate and discuss with your help after this on WTMJ now. Having some fun on a Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you find us over the air online podcast. You can always find us. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube is a great resource for all of the shows, this show included, on WTMJ and and our other stations. So find us. It doesn't have to be live anymore. You can find an interview or a feature or a special guest like Martin Moore. I actually listen to every time we do a show. uh, Even sometimes when I'm not on, I listen. Yeah, I'll go and I'll listen back. So I didn't know that you guys video record in here. I mean, the listeners can't see, but there's cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you guys 620 tweeted, and there's a video of me, and I was like, oh, thank God, I didn't pick my nose or like (laughs) scratch an itch or something or... People will comment on things that like I'm wearing. Yeah, I don't really think about that, but you have to in the, in the new world of digital technologies, everything is recorded. So mm-hmm. You got to be a little careful. You got you got to be kind of fly. All right. Speaking of watching things, we had Greg Marcus in here probably oh. about a couple months ago. Oh, I wish I could have been a fly in the room. I bet that was a great interview. He is he is always fun. He's obviously the the, the chairman of the board for, yes. for Marcus Corp, and they do a lot more than movies. But we talked about movies. And this was a good year for 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 the movie industry. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're talking coming out of the pandemic when when I don't even think operators of of the uh, in the movie business knew what they were going to do. Right to the new era where they're changing things and you know in in seat delivery and basically I heard Steve the Homer True on ESPN ninety four five talking about how comfortable the chairs are. He fell asleep during a movie. I mean, <sighs> these are like incredibly comfortable chairs. You almost do have to be careful during a quieter movie right. that you don't fall asleep <laughs> right. for, some, for some of us. Um, but the interesting thing about it is, and I didn't think about it until you raised this point last night to me in a text, the kinds of movies mm. that were that are coming out now are different. Mm-hmm. I This is just a feeling. I don't, this is feeling over facts, definitely for sure, for Martin Moore. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like every movie that I'm seeing get announced in the last few years is either a reboot or a remake or it's taking some existing ip and and 
you know, making a, making a movie out of it. And I just feel like there, when I think about like my early twenties or even my childhood, there were so many original stories and original films that came out um, compared to today. I mean, you you look at today and it's like every single month there's a new Fast and Furious movie or a new Marvel right. movie or a new Star Wars. What, movie. what is Fast and Furious on? Like ten? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I saw the first one and whatever. And you know, I was looking. I I was watching the Packers game uh, yesterday. Was that yesterday? No, Sunday. Whatever. <laughs> I've been off for 11 days, and I saw a preview for Mean Girls, and I was like, oh, they're going to, whatever, it's remastered or something, I don't know, whatever, and it's coming out. No, totally new cast. Right. It's the musical, I think, right? Whatever. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> and then I was reading an article about the new, how the new Wonka movie exceeded expectations. and That's a prequel, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a prequel. The, a, young, pre- the, 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 a young Wonka. The, the story that no one ever asked for, no one on planet earth he said boy i wonder what willy wonka did when he was a when he was a right. <laughs> young adult uh i saw that there's a trailer coming out for planet of the apes a new dune movie there's another See, mad I'm a Max huge movie. Planet of the apes fan i'll watch yeah, any I'm, apes movie i will say i am a big fan of the planet this, yeah. this new one the fourth one that's coming out is tied to the recent trilogy Ooh. that all being said um i just feel like there's very few original stories and we were talking on the break i had just watched the creator which is a gareth edwards movie he did like star wars rogue one uh, and me and Jen just watched Flowers of the Killer Moon, um, that st- new uh, uh, Martin Scorsese film. Yes. Just incredible stories. And, and I feel like I struggle to try and find movies like that now. Everything is just... I think there's less of them. Th- well, there Original is. content. And I was looking, so I decided to look up the top grossing movies of 2023. Number one, no surprise, Barbie, mm-hmm. which I get that's an original story and... Um, it was an interesting film. Super Mario Brothers, Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. It really wasn't until Oppenheimer, which was number five, which felt like a sort of a... a standalone Yes, yeah, standalone. Then Little Mermaid, Avatar, which I still cannot believe Avatar made like $2 billion. I don't know a single person who ever saw it. I didn't see it. Uh, Ant-Man, another John, John, John Wick 28 or whatever. No, uh, it was four. Yeah. And four. then number 10 was Sound of Freedom, which I never heard of. But I was looking at this list, and then I went into previous years, and it's like... Seven, eight out of ten of these top-grossing films are all some sort of reboot or uh, another sequel or part of some existing IP. So why do you think that is? I, I have two possible answers. Well, factually, now we'll get to the fact side. Uh, films that have an existing IP, they just do better. It's it's much Built more of a base. Yeah, yes. it's much more of a risk to make a movie like Oppenheimer or The Creator or Flowers of the Killer Moon um, that you know nobody's ever heard of the characters or the story and, and try and get butts in the seat and sell tickets versus oh cool here's a new Marvel movie I mean that's like printing money you know here's a new Fast and the Furious movie it doesn't even have to be good I mean I don't think any of the Fast and the Furious movies are are good yet. I haven't so, watched any of them yeah. Transformers I'm not, and I'm so, not really interested in that kind of movie so I don't know if I'm going crazy or if I'm just becoming an old bitter 43 year old <laughs> man man and you you're know, infected I, with the old age disease. but i do i really feel like uh hollywood is leaning into just using existing ip make i'm, I'm waiting for a new back to the future reboot or something stupid like that and it, it's it's frustrating as someone who loves films who is on youtube and, and and loves to make movies and documentaries and it's frustrating to to struggle to try and find really really good original stories so here's my question for all thanks of you thanks for coming to my ted talks <laughs> i i am curious if people like the new reality where it's it's like a rebrand a remake a prequel yeah. it's a whatever yeah or would they prefer we go back to the days of the original films right mm-hmm. like you know Going back to you know the sting you know the sting or you know sure. which casting the Sundance Kid you know sure. those kind of movies like I'm fine with 
you know, when Ocean's Eleven came out, the new one with the George, whatever, not the new one. But, but you didn't need 11, 12, and 13. No. But when that or came eight. out, that was a remake of the one that, like, Frank Sinatra and everybody was in. There was right. a big time gap in that. Many years. There, There's, like, a new Batman movie every, like, two years with a different Batman, which I get that's the theme of the whole Batman thing, but it's, it's I don't know. I find that stuff frustrating, and I find it just giant money grabs. <laughs> so here's my question again, real quick, before we go to break. Do you like the sort of just kind of redoing everything that we've already seen? Is that is the same characters, in some cases the same actors, mm-hmm. playing Spider-Man or Ant-Man or whatever it is? Or do you want to see Hollywood sort of go back to its roots, which is original content? Yes. I prefer the latter. But I do, too. I'm older. Fresh stories. All right, what do you think? 855-616-1620. Listening to, on this Tuesday, Happy New Year, WTMJ Now. Lots of text on this. We're talking about the sort of the absence of original content. And I'm, I'm, a lot of people are saying what I'm saying. This one, exactly that. I agree with you, Steve. It seems like people have forgotten how to come up with any new ideas. I don't know if it's that. It's, you know, it's just that. I, I, think, that, I, think, I think it's it's what I talked about earlier. It's a risk for Hollywood to invest $200, $300 million in, in an original story when they know they can invest that same money into another Ant-Man or Fast and the Furious and quadruple it. This one's interesting, too, because it says best original scripts have been going to streaming TV because big movie ate all the money. That's fading, so studios will have to start taking risks on original ideas. Give it three years. I agree. There's a lot of stuff on Apple TV and Netflix and HBO Max, original stories that... I mean, I think could have made a movie or maybe a, a longer movie um, that were just like absolutely excellent. We were talking, you asked me during the break about if I like Star Wars, and I'm not a huge fan, but I appreciate the movies. I've watched most of them, but I, I discovered uh, a, a series of movies that are going to come out like staggered and, and was Rebel Moon. Yeah, you had mentioned that. And it's very Star Wars-esque. As somebody who's not big into the Star Wars industry and, and those kinds of uh, movies, I was actually impressed by it. The production values were, the story was interesting. I need to watch it. It's Rebel Moon. I think it was on Netflix. Netflix? I yeah. need to watch it. Um, a lot of people saying the same thing, basically. Um, they like the original stories, but they also appreciate the Marvels, the DCs, the mm-hmm. Star Wars movies. And there's a, pl- there's a place for those movies. I just feel like the overwhelming majority of what we see, what does well at the box office, and what gets hyped are, are those movies. And I, and I think there's a lot of original stories that maybe probably just go under the radar that n- none of us ever even hear about unless it makes you know some Golden Globe or Oscar. I think streaming is actually part of the reason why we're not seeing Hollywood films, not theater films, sure. that are original, because a lot of those are on streaming services. Absolutely, and they're, and they're using big-name actors. I mean, Absolutely. you look at shows like The Morning Show on Apple TV with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and Billy Curdup. Uh, speaking of that, uh, there's a new... Apple TV show out called uh, oh no I can't remember the name of it it's about Billy Curtis in it you know who he is he's the dude in the morning yes, show yes. he basically sells fake real estate on the moon it's like <laughs> looks like it's set in the 1950s or 60s but it's futuristic incredible show watch it if you can let's squeeze Michelle from Grafton and hey Michelle happy new year hi hey I think it was a really dry spell for movies in 2023 mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of the, the movies on that top 10 were family movies, if you look at it. Mm. And I think that it, when families went to see movies, and my kids are in their 30s now, so <laughs> most of those movies I didn't see. But in the last two months, we've had some great movies come out. Did you guys see The Holdovers? I didn't. No, that's on my list, though. Excellent. USA Today put it as one of their top 10 Christmas films. Wow, like right up Holdovers. There with, yeah. Is it still in it theaters? Amazing. And I told my... 
30-year-old son to go see it, and he texted me after he saw it. He said, thanks, Mom, for the... Um, do, you, um, do you remember who was in it? Do you remember who was in it, Michelle? Who's in the movie? Paul Giamatti. Oh, Ooh, I like oh, him. I did see an ad for that. Yeah, I know, thanks for the call, I know Michelle. who she's talking about. I know exactly what she's talking about. So there's some original concept. Um, and some, a texture makes a great point. Boys in the Boats. Uh, it was a book, an award-winning book. It's now a movie. I think it's uh, George Clooney. Mm. And it's a true story. Okay. So that's a, one of the original ones out. So I think there's a lot of potential here. Yeah. I mean, the industry is changing. Absolutely. Streaming changed everything. I was just telling you during the break, I, sp- I spent more time. And I wasn't even a fan of true crime. That reality changed for me two weeks ago. Okay. I am watching more true crime than I, I ever have. I know a lot of people the stories like, like are, you. Ron Howard is involved in these true, true really? crime series now. That's yeah. a big name. That is a big, that's one of the biggest names. I, I would love to get into that stuff because everyone tells me how good it is, but I just wouldn't sleep at night. It's captivating. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. And almost in every one of these stories, whether it's the Ian Bailey... Uh, Sophie case in in uh, Ireland. Uh-huh. I didn't know any idea these stories were happening, or, or the uh, I think Jimmy Levine story in in uh, London in England. Sure, I didn't know these stories so are these existed. Like, docu series or like with actors, or is it more of like a documentary? Docu series. Okay, so they do both. Some okay. do both. Some are just document document. Okay, yeah. Document. Have you ever seen the Tinder swindler? I saw the thing for that, but I didn't. treat yourself the tin. The- but get a seatbelt for your couch. So the guys. Preying on women. Yeah, on on Tinder and basically getting them to give him all their money and then he uses that to like buy private jets and pretend like he's this big millionaire. Treat yourself, Steve. It is a (laughs) What is it called again? The Tinder Swindler. It is a roller coaster. All right, Martin Moore, my guest, contributor, I should say more than a guest. Um we got a little time for some tech talk. Yeah. We'll do it after the break here on WTMJ now. All right, Martin Moore's in studio as he is every other couple. We might have to make you more frequent contributor because hey, we got a I'm lot here of information. I also feel like there's an opportunity for we have some great conversations like <laughs> during commercial breaks. I feel like dude, you could, we could create a little subscription service, nine ninety nine cents a month, where you get to like <laughs> you get to, to this guy trying you get to, make to like money. you get there's like a live feed of us, you know, scratching right. and itching and, right. and just you know chatting. Now you it up. said it out loud. <laughs> now now the, the folks upstairs here at GKB, right. like, what did he say about that? <laughs> Because everybody wants to monetize. All right, so I can't have you in here. We here we go, real quick. We're going to talk about, about tech. tech. Yeah. Most anticipated tech of 2024. Yes. The big one you're going you're gonna to see in the, in the coming months is the, the Apple Vision Pro. Did you ever watch the Apple's little keynote last year for that? No. It's their new $3,500 virtual reality computer thing where you can whatever do meetings and go on safari and and look at your pictures what are we and all talking that about? stuff like i wear yeah there it's a it's a virtual reality it's okay. like sort of like a meta yes. quest thing but right. apparently better and you like 3500 you like 3500 bucks and like to to move stuff around you like pinch and grab in the air like a lobster and it oh. it's super fascinating but um that is going to that's going to be interesting to watch this year uh when you think back to how the iphone sort of changed and revolutionized uh, smartphones, same thing with the Apple Watch or Tesla and electric cars. So you cars. think it's that big? I think it's going to be big. I, it's not something you and I are going to buy, but it is. This year is going to be the beginning of where you know virtual reality and 3D really start to become a big topic of conversation um, when it otherwise hasn't. I mean, how 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 many people did you see buy 3D TVs ten years ago and they failed? Or yeah. there's movies in 3D. This is good. This is really going to be big, I think, and we're going to hear a lot about that. Uh, Amazon's project, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Cooper, their new uh, satellite internet that they're going to launch, competing gonna, with Starlink. Starlink yes, because yeah. they 30, need competition. How many? I, I almost ruined it. How many satellites do you think that Amazon's trying to launch into space? Wild guess, five thousand. I mean, you're not that far off. Thirty-two hundred thirty-six yeah, satellites. I, you have the, the whole world, right? 
Listen, you're not going to believe this. I'm not an astronaut or an astrophysicist or anything like that, so I don't know a whole lot about space. I know it's big, but I feel like 3,200 satellites with what's already up well, there is... Well, how many is Starlink have? They probably have. I don't know, but that seems like a lot. A lot of space junk. Um, smart rings. The Samsung Galaxy Ring is going to be coming out this year. So we have the watch. What do we need? The, the ring is going to... It's going to basically do everything the watch does, but without a screen. Check your blood pressure. Tap well, you if you good. get a text. Uh, you can speak into it like Dick Tracy. Uh, so that'll be an interesting thing. Uh, we've sort of seen a, a lull in wearables, so that'll be interesting. Um, foldable tablets, Nintendo Switch 2. I feel like that's that's been coming. The Nintendo Switch 2 or foldable tablets? Fold, everything's got to be foldable. I don't right? want it. Have you ever seen them? You see the ugly little crease in the... I don't think it's a good thing. No, it's not a good look. I don't want it. All right, we got to go. Martin Moore, always great to talk hey, to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and we'll, we'll talk again in a week or so, and uh, lots to talk about, as always. Always here for it. Thanks for a great show today. It's just getting started for the week, because i got a, you know three more shows. I'm not even used to that, because I've been off so much right. lately, but we'll do it.